So good morning and welcome to Chandler United Methodist Church. You know, we're told in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, that whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. So we hope that this morning you all feel welcome in our service this morning, and this is particularly true for any visitors or first-time first visitors or infrequent visitors. We know you could have been anywhere this morning, and we're glad that you chose to spend it with us in worship, and we do feel comfortable that you will feel welcome in our service, and hopefully that you will come back and visit us next week. If you are a guest this morning, we would encourage you to read our To Our Guest narrative, which is the first page of the bulletin, gives you a little idea about how we conduct our service, and hopefully will make you feel more included in that service. We would also strongly encourage you to read our announcements found in the bulletin. This month, our missions team is conducting a food drive for Ascend. The bulletin provides you items that are most in need, and the food can be placed in boxes in the hallway. We can use some help tomorrow setting up for our iHelp guests. The Chandler United Methodist Church Women of the Word meet the second Tuesday of every month. This month, that is October the 11th. This is a meeting and potluck luncheon event, and all women of the church are invited to attend. Our adult and family ministry is conducting a cook-off and costume party on Saturday, October 29th. Prizes and costumes are encouraged. The Chandler United Methodist Church Men's Group is adding a meeting night to their activities, and the first one is October the 18th. All men are encouraged to attend and invited. Details of all these items are found in your bulletin, so please take the time to read them during or after the service. So welcome, and may you feel Christ's love this Sunday as you worship with us and go about your business during the week. Send as you're comfortable for opening him. of sin and sadness drive the dark of doubt away giver of immortal gladness fill us with the light of day all thy works with joy surround the earth and heaven reflect thy rays Lars and angels sing around thee center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea, chanting bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. 
wellspring of the joy of living, ocean depth of happy rest. Thou art Father, Christ our brother, all who live in love are thine. Teach us how to love each other, lift us to the joy divine. Mortals, join the mighty chorus which the morning stars begin. Love divine is reigning o'er us, binding all within its span. Ever singing, march we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music leads us onward in the triumph song of life.
Good morning. I'm Pastor Alma Aguirre Olivares. You don't have to say my whole name. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hyphenated last name, so it's long, long, long. But I'm um, happy to be here with all of you, and um, I would like to lead us together in this time of prayer. God, in this very space today, you have come to our encounter. And we are grateful. We are grateful for the ways in which you have been with us, close to us this past week, for the ways in which you have touched our lives, carry our burdens, provided us with guidance and everything we needed. We are here today because we love you and we, because you love us. And we want to put before you any one of the concerns that we may have in our hearts at this moment. God, if not for ourselves, perhaps for someone else. But here are the prayers of your people. God, we pray for any sickness to receive healing. We pray for anyone who needs uh, guidance this week to also receive it from you. We pray that even though not always we can follow you the way we want to, you give us the strength that we need because the world teaches us to be anxious, to be scared, but when we can trust in you, we receive your power to live and navigate all the challenges of our daily lives. We are asking that you bless our families and protect them wherever they are, and that you continue to attend to their needs as well as the needs of our neighbors, the needs of our communities. Continue to open our eyes to the ways in which you are calling us to be with you and to be with others so that we can be the body of Christ in this world. We rely on you for what we need every day, our spiritual nurturing and anything else. Thank you, God, because we have you. And we can go on in that trust and in that power. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please sing with me as the ushers come forward to collect our tithes and offerings. Change our hearts this time, your word says it can be. Change our hearts this time, your life could make us free. We are the people your call set apart, Lord, this time. Change our hearts. 
Now as we watch you stretch out your hands, offering abundances, fullness of joy, your milk and honey seem distant and real when we have bread and water in our hands. But change our hearts this time. Your word says it can be. Change our hearts this time. Your life could make us free. We are the people your call set apart. Lord, this time. Change our hearts. The gospel this morning is found in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. Please stand as you are comfortable and able. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And the people said, Thanks be to God for the gift of Scripture. so grateful for the opportunity to be in this space with you today and I am going to um, as we move into our message for today I am going to have to begin with a confession to you I was surprised while reading and studying our passage today at what kind of feelings were rising inside of me. And I'm, I'm going to explain to you a little bit more about that in a minute. But who really likes to always be compared to someone Maybe a coworker that is oh uh, that is the greatest employee of the month, or a sibling who is perfect in the eyes of their parents, and we feel like we will never be as good, as smart, as successful, as responsible as our parents say our sibling is. 
And you know that person who always gives more time, puts more effort, does more than ever asked, and makes everybody's contribution pale in comparison to what they do. These people are doing great things, things that are good. But guess what? For the rest who are not doing that, being always compared and feeling like we are not apt to measure, it can be an uncomfortable feeling sometimes. So I don't know if you are on the overachiever side or you are on the side of feeling that those comparisons make you uncomfortable. But for some reason, I found myself on the side of the underachiever in this passage. And I think that's why I'm having a feeling towards the men among the 10 lepers who decides to do more than what Jesus asked them to do. And he shines in this story while the other nine are seen not in a very good light in the end. And I'm thinking to myself, every, everything was going so well for the 10 of them. They were lucky on that day that they encountered Jesus. That Jesus heard them when they were very loudly asking for his mercy. That Jesus turned to them and saw them. That Jesus spoke to them and gave them hope by sending them to show themselves before the priest. You know, if Jesus is sending you to see the priests, then what else can it be than, you, than the, the fact that you are going to receive the healing? Because you don't go, if you have any skin uh, disease, and go yourself, show to the priest with still the skin disease. So they, so far, are showing faith in Jesus as a miracle worker and doing what he asked them to do. And as they went in faith and obedience, they received their miracle. And imagine the joy that filled their hearts that possibly made them shout with gladness, Oh, oh, look! Let me see your skin. And they say, yes, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We've been suffering for such a long time, but today you saw our misery and our need, and you heard and had mercy of your humble servants. Thank you, God. Thank you. And maybe they continued on their way singing or doing whatever they felt in a joyful mood. 
one of them, one of them, for some reason, a reason that the others didn't see or didn't think of, decides to stop and to turn back and to go to Jesus. And when he gets to Jesus, he also with a loud voice gives praises to God and worships him and thanks him. And guess what? Jesus does not say to him, why did you not go to the priest as I told you? Why didn't you do what the others did? Jesus asked, why have not the other nine done what this one has done? And by the way, this one was a foreigner, a Samaritan, not accepted, not a friend, not one of them. But Jesus' reaction to this meant ends up being great for him, not so great for the other nine, who now are seen as perhaps ungrateful. Is this not so unfair? And here's what I think I'm citing with the nine instead of with the one person who come back. Why are the nine criticized? Because, because they did what Jesus told them to do. Exactly that. They had the faith required to begin their journey to show themselves to the priest. And then they were healed. And they were just doing what they were told to do. So why are they criticized? <clears throat> Although my first reaction is to say, well, now because of him, the other nine are in trouble. I also realize that this foreigner reveals that while all are healed, not all are saved. Jesus says to the men, go, your faith has healed you and saved you. So what is the problem with being healed and not saved? Isn't being healed good enough? Well, if we are healed only, we can be healed and still live in darkness and still live trapped in our wrong ways and in our sufferings and in our unhappiness. While a miracle can change something around us, it does not always change us. When only the exterior circumstances are changed, we may experience comfort and pleasure and joy. At times these are long-lasting, but sometimes they are also short-lived. 
And you may think, of what miracles do you need right now in your life? What miracles do I need in my life? I don't know which ones you are needing desperately, but I know that sometimes we see each other and we smile at each other and we don't know what we are carrying inside. And sometimes we are carrying difficult burdens that some of us may be um, willing to share with others, but perhaps not all of us feel comfortable sharing those very deep personal challenges that we face. And so, what, what is the miracle that we need in our lives right now? Is it a miracle for someone to have the means to buy a home right now, for example? It's really hard. Or for some people just to be able to pay the monthly rent without struggling can be a miracle in their lives. But what about when we need to free ourselves from an addiction? That can take a miracle too. Or maybe when we face some kind of legal problem that has to be resolved and we need a miracle for that. Or maybe we need a miracle to have the type of relationship that we want to have with our spouse, with our children, with our parent, because we long for a different type of relationship. And we think it's going to take a miracle for that to happen, especially when relationships are broken. What is the miracle that we need? Is it really healing? for ourselves or for a person that we love. Or maybe some of you want to become a famous artist. I don't know. And you think it's going to take a miracle to do that. All these things are good for us. Just as it was very good for the ten men to touch their healed skins. It must have felt so good. And they wanted to get as quickly as possible to the priest and get the cleansing ritual started. It's a process. But once completed, they could touch and hug again their spouses, their children, their parents, their friends. Who of us can blame them for being satisfied with this change? They are moving from forced separation to reintegration in their community, 
from rejection to acceptance, from shame to being valued again, from misery to possibly some comforts now that they will return to their former lives. And perhaps, perhaps they will be able to be again the providers for their families who perhaps suffered and lacked support in their absences. And we know, we know very well that when in a family a member gets sick, especially if this is a member of the family who no longer can bring an income into the family, and the medical bills accumulate and separation may happen because of hospitalization or because of um, rehabilitation. And then there is anxiety for seeing them in pain or sometimes not getting the responses that we need from the medical professionals. For all of this, a family will suffer in many, many ways. But if the sick member of the family were to be miraculously healed, as it sometimes does happen, and restored to us, and is even able to be again a support to us, will not that be enough for us? What else could we desire? Well, these nine men felt it was enough for them. It was more than enough. They probably didn't expect to have this second chance to go back and live their lives with their families and their communities. Perhaps they thought they would die where they were. You know, in for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, people with skin diseases, and particularly with um, the actual um, Hansen's disease, which is the one that we know today as leprosy, they were put in these colonies, not only in biblical times, but up until the 1940s, even here in our country. There was a colony somewhere in Hawaii, another one in Louisiana, another one in the coast, coast of Massachusetts. We had several of those. And the people were sent there to live as, for as long as they had to live, separated from their families, ripped off their rights, they were not able to vote anymore. Sometimes they had to change their names so that their family outside you know, will not experience the consequences of having a member with leprosy in their circle, social circle. And these nine persons 
were just rejoicing that they had this opportunity to go back to their loved ones and their community. Yet, here he is in front of us, the man that returned to Jesus, the one who was healed, but instead of running desperately to the priest and begin the ritual process to be declared cleansed and to be welcomed again, this man instead returns to Jesus and reveals what is missing from the other nine persons. So we learn from him that both the outer and the inner life, when both of them change at the same time, they change in positive ways. In all the dreams that God makes true in our lives, his miracles, each one has the power to renew at the same time the outside and the inside of our lives. So Jesus offers miracles and healing, but he also offers wholeness and salvation. And if the nine men return to their villages mostly the same as they were before, then what happens when their joy wears off? And what happens when their troubles and anxiety of daily life rob them again of their sleep? What happens when another miracle does not happen every time they really need one? What happens when they realize that they are their old selves struggling to live their old lives because nothing has changed in them. Well, the man that returned to Jesus not only receives direction from him to go back to his life, but this man comes out with a life reoriented, reoriented to freedom, to newness, to internal peace, to God, and to God's will. He was, he found freedom to return to Jesus. Why do I say freedom? Because the order was to go and present himself to the priest. But when he sees that he's healed, and he sees that he's healed not only on the outside, but also on the inside, he was saved. The ritual and all that will follow took second place to him because he saw the full miracle in him. And what was that miracle? That miracle was his conversion, his conversion of his inner life. 
The miracle is that we are a new creation. We are a new person. We begin a new life in Jesus. And this is not something only to, to learn or to grasp from God's miracles. This is something we can do every day. You and I can wake up and turn around from our way and go to Jesus who heals and saves. But what happens to us when God gives us truly special blessings? Do we remember that God is here to save us too? To make us new one more time? Can we believe that? Can we believe that we can be a new creation every morning? What happened in this story is told to teach us how much we can waste in our lives from God's generosity to us. When we see his works of miracles, but not his saving work. The nine men had their blessing and most probably they said their praises and gave their thanks to God in the best way they could at that moment. They did it their own way. The foreigner had his blessing too. He, he postponed the ritual and his return to his old life because he knew that he would go back as a totally new and better person. And this was extraordinary to him. And this required his praise to God, his worship and thanksgiving to be delivered to Jesus not from a distance, but in person. So close that Jesus will hear his voice and will see his face and his expression and the man's body prostrated before him. That was his way of praising God for what he received. And that was the best way he thought he should do this. Now the question for us, do we want to receive God's miracles partially or in full? I'm not going to make any judgment about any of us because God's miracles, even if received partially, are such a blessing to us. But, but he offers us more than that if we want to receive the miracle in full is going to touch not only the outside circumstances of our lives, but is going to touch us inside. And that can be scary sometimes. 
You don't know what God is going to do. Are we open to ask God to renovate at the same time our challenging situations and our hearts and minds? My invitation is wherever you are, wherever you think your response is, let's praise him for giving us these opportunities. And from wherever each one of us is today, let's say thank you and let's worship him in our own way from our own place. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear that music ringing. It finds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? Thank you. <laughs>